Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line, he is from cinemablend.com, a fine example of human DNA. His name is Mike Reyes. What's up, Mike? Ooh, I really like that air. I really like that introduction. I do what I'm, I can. I'm, I'm doing well, but that just kicked me over a little more. I'm I'm well. How are you, sir? Uh, you know what? I'm hanging in there. We've been talking. We have our warm up conversations, which are always kind of fun. We can never record those. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I I mean I I just did a Beavis and Butthead impression that dropped an f bomb. So yeah, we wouldn't be able to air it. It's awesome, but we wouldn't be able to air it. Yeah, it's not so much the language part; it's the subject matter sometimes. Yeah, we just like to 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 bitch about a whole bunch of things, and we're just you know sometimes we're grumpy old men <laughs> just sitting here doing the grumpy thing, and that's you know that doesn't play for the audience. And also the language. It, it is also definitely the language. Oh, it's a good time. So, all right. So, Mike, uh, getting into it this week. Uh, I know we've got a movie you've seen and done interviews for. Uh, I do want to dive into the Ahsoka stuff this afternoon. And uh, that's really all the stuff I can remember off the top of my head. I apologize for that. But we were warming up and bitching about stuff. So uh, let's dive into it. What's the movie this week? So this week's big movie is A Haunting in Venice, the third Hercule Poirot mystery from director Kenneth Branagh, who is also returning to play Hercule Poirot. And in this mystery, we, we are introduced to a potentially supernatural happening, question mark. and. Poirot, the ever the skeptic and the deductive mind of reasoning, is invited by an old friend played by Tina, Fre- Tina Fey to go to a seance and basically try and debunk it. And that's when the murder and the weird stuff starts happening. There's never been really a good, like, I always think seances is one of, are, are one of those subjects for a movie where if you did it right and kind of rode that line of, I don't know if this is real or fake. It could be really fun. This movie does that. Perfect. So this movie does that actually rather well. And they, oh man, I have gone on record as saying, I will keep seeing these movies if they keep making them. If Michael Green keeps writing them and if Kenneth Branagh keeps directing them, starring in them and pulling together these insane casts. And that, pledge is still as true now as it was when I made it because this is another this is also a really good movie to start welcoming Halloween into your heart because it's 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 more thriller horror tinged than the other two like the way I saw it was you 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 kind of had a standard mystery murder on the Orient Express Death on the Nile played more like an erotic thriller and now you've got your thriller gothic horror entry in the series that's cool. I didn't know this was part of a series, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, like I said, 2017, it started off with uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which had an insane life at the box office. And then that led to Death on the Nile, and then eventually brought us to Haunting in Venice, which comes a little under, or maybe a little over a year after Death in the Nile, but that was because the release was delayed due to the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, what did you like it, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, like I said, I, I I will continue to go see okay, okay. these Poirot movies because they are they're visually exciting. This is like a, I've I've been calling this movie gorgeous, gorgeously claustrophobic, oh. and I stand by them. And it's just kind of haunted house spookiness, and you've got Poirot kind of wondering about whether the supernatural is real or not because he seems to be 
things are happening around him that he is massively questioning. Okay. Uh, let's do it. Seriously. It's, it is a treat. <laughs> it is so, I mean, if you like the first two, you don't have to worry about liking this one. The only people I'm worried about are people that have read the original book, Halloween party. There are changes. There's a lot of changes made to this from what I say. One of them being, it's no longer at a, you know, a manor house in the countryside. It's translated to Venice. Okay. which gives it more like a, a theatricality, but also an enclosed nature to it. That's the purists are the only people I'm, I'm worried about. But, you know, when, when you talk to, I, I spoke with James Pritchard, Agatha Christie's great grandson, and also the CEO of her estate. And he even said, I, he was like, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit nervous because they wanted to change the story. But when they walked him through the changes that they were making, he's like, yeah, this is, I'm excited to see this. And another thing he mentioned was it's been the same team, like spearheading this. It's Kenneth Branagh writing it, Michael Green directing it, and like some of the same executives at 20th Century Studios have been there the whole time. So all that, all these changes are made with people that are already established in making these movies. Okay, perfect. I I like when they actually go through and uh, they can do the. Hey, we want to change this. Isn't this is the reason why? Yeah, like not just because it's not a note. It's not a, a note where it's like, can it be here? Can it do this? Where do we want to go on vacation? Like they literally went through and had an idea from page one to change it, and then had a good reason to explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, Mike Rice from CinemaBlend.com. Haunting in Venice is a must see this weekend. Go see it. Uh, what's the uh, dumb movies coming out this or dumb money, dumb movie. <laughs> oh, you, you, I, that, that, I'm sure in another reality, the guys that did like scary, uh, no, uh, uh, epic movie and yeah, adventure yeah, yeah. movie, do like a remake of dumb and dumber and call it dumb movie. Uh, <laughs> dumb money, uh, coming out limited this week and then wide next weekend, I believe. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Okay, so uh, haven't seen it just yet, but I saw trailers for this, and this looks outstanding. It does, and part of it is because I love the, the director behind this movie is Craig Gillespie, and he not only did the Fright Night remake, but he also did uh, what was the one movie? There's uh, I Tanya, which okay. was I Tanya was, is a solid movie about the whole Tanya Harding affair with uh, Margot Robbie as Tanya Harding. Okay, and. So naturally, when I hear, oh, he's doing a movie about the GameStop uh, shocks, uh, the, the GameStop uh, stock boost that was going on, like uh, basically like a viral event through the internet. Yeah. It's like, okay, I will actually watch this, even though I still feel it's kind of a little early to be making a movie about it. But when you get the right team, it, it, you can't say no. No, th this is a strike while the iron's hot type thing. And just in case any of the members of the Illuminati are listening, the rich people totally got screwed in this deal. Totally got screwed. I can't believe us <laughs> peasants rose up like that. It, no matter how you feel about it, it is kind of surprising that the stock market kind of got called out on what it really is through this. I mean, I, 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 I've heard people call the stock market basically rich people feelings. And this really called out the system and how it works and how it's always worked. And, you know, it, 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 it looks exciting. I've 
I think movies like this are weirdly fascinating. Like you go back to uh, a couple of the movies that came out around the time of the mortgage crisis and some of that stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, big. Sh- that's another reason I'm really excited for this. I love big short uh, and this yeah. feels like a spiritual sequel to the big short. And there was another one out about the same time too. margin call. I think so. I just, it's, it's subjects like this that I, most days of the week of the entire year, I don't care, right? This is stuff that doesn't interest me. And then all of a sudden, some of these movies come along and like the big short, I cannot get enough of it. Uh, margin call, uh, probably this once I see it, you know? Well, yeah, because it's, again, it is, it's very much like Oppenheimer. You're taking a relevant story and you're telling it in such a way that it's exciting, that it's, it's new again. And that's, or it's just, it's compelling. Yeah. Like if you can take history that you know, the history, especially history that you know the ending to, and you can turn it into a compelling narrative, that's, that's a win right there. I'm really interested to see this. Are do you think you might see it by the next week? I'm going to try to. Okay. I, I'm definitely amped to see it though, because I, I am on the same, I'm in the same boat as you. This looks good. And then, you know, such an incredible cast in this thing. Mike Reyes from cinemablend.com on the line with me right now. Dumb money. We'll uh, hopefully get some more on this here in the coming weeks. Is there any other movies releasing this weekend, Mike? Uh, that seems, uh, let me double check because that seems to, those, they seem to be the big ones. Okay. Uh, or at least the big ones seem to be Haunting and Menace. And then, you know, Dumb Money is limited, but it's also coming off of premiering at the Toronto International Film Festival, which was going on last week. Uh, real quick, I want to bring up something and uh, go back to last week's show for just a second. Oh, um, it was a good one. I was looking up uh, movie theaters halfway between us. And if you and I traveled to Toledo, we could go see a movie together at Cinemark's Franklin Park 16 and XD. Ooh. And there is a is there whole... anything special about this theater? No, it's just like the only one that came up in Toledo, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and there are there it's it's in a mall. There's a Dave and Buster's right there, so we can go do that. We can go shop at Kohl's together. Um, oh, man, you had me at Kohl's. There is a Chick-fil-A, IHOP, Chipotle, a Longhorn Steakhouse. Ooh. And then right up the road from there, there's another, like, uh, kind of, like, West Market Plaza Shopping Center. So Toledo, Ohio, that may be the place to go. Yeah, we get, if we did it on a Saturday, we might be able to go see a Toledo football game, which I would actually like to go do. Toledo Very Rockets. I believe it's the Toledo Rockets, if I remember right. Is that like a yeah, Toledo? Like a the farm Mac. team for the NFL? What's that? Like no, a farm team for the NFL. No, no, no. It's college football. They're in the uh, MAC. I want to say for for folks here in Iowa I want to say that's where Matt yeah Matt Campbell the current coach of Iowa State he coached there for a little bit. You want to hear a funny story about that? Yeah. So as the story goes, Matt Campbell, the current coach of Iowa State was coaching at Toledo and they played a game at Iowa State and he really really enjoyed it, thought it was crazy how great the fans were and all this and when that job came open, he really went after it and here he is 8 years later coach of Iowa State. So. There's your next biopic, ladies and gentlemen. No, like we talked about the other day, the next biopic in sports needs to be Deion Sanders. Absolutely hands down, needs to be Deion Sanders. No, yeah, the way you were telling me that story, that's absolutely something that that I could see someone getting behind. I have watched hundreds of videos about that guy, 
on uh, and they might just be doing a great job. His uh, like media and press people you know, putting stuff yeah. out there. But the dude is the dude. <laughs> I don't know how. I mean, he just seemed like loudmouth. Yes, absolutely. Is he is he a guy I would go run through a brick wall for if I was playing on his team? You're damned right I would. Oh, yeah. It's very hard to come across people that are both of those things. Like, spot on, righteous dude, but also knows how to run their mouth in the right way. Yeah. he. I, it would be such a fascinating movie. And And what's crazy about him, I don't know what part of his life you would concentrate on. True. Because you could you could do a movie about his his actual career in you know pro sports in both football and baseball. You could do him coaching because he has a long history of coaching. You could have uh, what he did at Jackson State. You could do the Colorado stuff. You could do. I mean, there's so many topics you could cover with this guy. I would probably say focus on him getting in the coaching gigs and then maybe do like flashbacks into his his pro careers yeah i don't know it'd be just because that feels like a nice way to to cover both bases and to think all of this is spawned because i looked up a movie theater in toledo ohio where there's a coals and a black rock bar and grill Ooh, that that sounds like where we got to go this looks nice oh they they do the steak on like the hot rock oh I I want to try that. Oh yeah, this is looking nice, nice. So now we just got to send. Uh, now we just got to talk to our bosses to to make this an actual work thing, and then uh, make it happen. I was just thinking about telling my wife, "Hey, I'm gonna go to to Toledo to see a guy I've never met before in my life." <laughs> She'll just look at you. It's like, well, we've all done it once before. Yeah, exactly. Mike Ray is from. Oh, there's a Twin Peaks over there too. A Twin Peaks. Yeah, do you know about that? Uh, I know the show. Think, uh, think Hooters, but with flannel. Huh. <laughs> we used to have something in this area that closed down called Tilted Kilt, where I think it was that, but like Scottish themed. Oh, cool. And now it's like gone. No hey, more. There, yeah, is, there is a Red Lobster right there, too. If We really want to get crazy. Oh, I mean, you've mentioned all these other places, and how can I say no to Red Lobster after that? I like how I like how uh, Toledo, Ohio, is getting a shameless plug here. Yeah, um, Toledo, we like you. Let's uh, let's do business here. Uh, Nick and Jimmy's also looks good. That's a bar and grill over there. This is all in one I mean, area. Nick, Nick and Jimmy can hang out too. They they sound cool. By the way, the movie theater itself it had like two thousand ratings, and it was like high fours for it. So. Ooh. Yeah, 4.3, excuse me, out of uh, 2,165 reviews on Google. <laughs> Are you looking well, it up? No, oh, but okay. I, I feel like I have to now. Okay. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now as we uh, make our way through. Uh, Ahsoka, we watched the new episode last night. We are recording on Wednesday this week. You watched it. I, well, I watched it. Yeah. I should, by we, I met me and my wife, which my wife, pulled out, she pulled out an amazing, like we're, we're okay. We're watching it. And listen, there's going to be spoilers here. Uh, so if you don't want to know what happened during Ahsoka, it, it, spoilers in three, two, one. So this goes back to they're they're following up on last week's episode of her going into the world between worlds and meeting Anakin and 
having flashbacks, and there was a younger girl playing Ahsoka in it, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, my wife goes, man, she looks like the girl that played Gamora in the flashback in Infinity War. A couple minutes later, she is! She <laughs> she looked it up while, wow. we, were, while we were watching it. Yeah, I, she, made the, she made the pick, and it was like, wow, that is crazy. But, uh, man, what a great episode of Star Wars last night. What a fantastic episode. Yeah, Dave Filoni. So once again, if you're not caught up with any of that, have fun. Oh, absolutely. No, if you don't have any idea what the space whales are about, yeah, you really don't know what's happening. Ah, uh, just as everything should be. By the way, I don't know if it was meant to be or not, but do you go back to, you remember in, uh, was it uh, Family Guy when they're doing their Star Wars thing and he talks about doing, uh, Peter talks about doing evasive maneuvers. And it's just vaguely going to the right or whatever. Yeah. So they have this scene where all these space whalers are coming up out of the atmosphere and going towards all these ships. And the lady goes, evasive maneuvers. And then they show the, like, the outside, this, the whales going through. And it's like they just flew through them. Like, they didn't even try and get out of the way of these things. Huh. <laughs> I said to Steph, by... You meant just drive right through them, right? So, Do a barrel roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the the episode itself, just what a fantastic, just a fantastic. Uh, it's a beaver for Star Wars fans. Go watch it and go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, listen, man, I'm, like I said, it, it's just it's it's fantastic. It it they really usually it's Star Wars. Fantastic, though. I, I I know I'm I, I'm repeating myself, but. It, w- it was done in such a way where you have uh, you have Anakin in this in this in this episode and it makes sense as to why he's there. It's not we're just forcing him into this. It makes sense why he's there. There is a purpose for him to be there. There is a reason. Yeah. And then you go through and you do some really cool editing with the uh, with him and the Darth Vader stuff. And, and it's just it was so well done. I am certainly glad to hear that. You sounded more excited earlier. Right now, it sounds like I'm trying to convince you. I'm excited that you're excited, and that's where the excitement ends. So, <laughs> like, earlier, earlier that- you legitimately sounded like, oh, that actually sounds good. Yeah, well, that was the first time I was hearing the story. Oh, okay. So we should have recorded then. <laughs> Maybe. I just goes to show with Star Wars, if you're not telling me a new story, what are you doing? It was just, it was really, it was just neat. I really liked it. There was some cool editing with, you know, Anakin silhouette and Darth Vader and some of the fight stuff. And uh, it was cool to see Anakin fight as Anakin Skywalker again. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the episode last. Night. I don't know. I don't know if this will wrap up in any way, shape or form that'll make sense. But right now they're doing great. They're killing it. So. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is kind of a thing with the... No, no, I'm actually making a point, damn it. No, stop it. Stop it. It was just... It was I, funny. There was pause. Keyboard, click, click, click. Okay, so... Click in the doctor's office. Like, yeah, so I have you down for like a 7 o'clock. Uh, don't drink anything before you come in. And remember the eye patch. Yeah, there you go. What, what? <laughs> oh, that's definitely... I mean, that's just... We've seen it so many times with Marvel, where it's yeah. like it could start wonderfully and then end miserably. Oh, I don't have any faith that this is going to wrap up well. <laughs> I'll put it that I'm, way. I'm, 
you know what? Mandalorian season two finale was all I needed to be like, you know what? I'm going to sit back until you really learn me back in here. It just, it made sense. That was the, that was the part I liked. And you can, yeah. you can, no, that, you can tell Filoni really knows this stuff and loves it. I wish they would have made, I mean, I don't know how big the, the theatrical event was, but I wish they would have made it a bigger deal for people to go and actually be able to go catch it. Oh, I didn't, I forgot all about that. Yeah. So, cause it was like the, the fan event where it's like, you could see this episode in a movie theater. Remember star Wars. <laughs> uh, Mike, right. uh, the other thing I'll say, like the little details about it were really well done as well. Like some of the flashback Ooh. stuff and just the look of stuff that, that the uh, little girl they used to play Ahsoka when she was younger. I can't think of what her name was. Um, uh, Ariana Greenblatt. Who was also in this summer's Barbie. She looked like they took her straight out of the the animated stuff and dropped her in. That's how close That's it looked. It, it, was, it was really neat. So uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now as we talk about the world of movies and stuff. What else is going on, Mike? Oh, yeah. Just throw it at me. No, you're like, the expert. Yeah. What's, what's going on? What, what are you doing, man? Do you need to buy some uh, time you, or what? Have you been watching Futurama at all this season? No, I haven't. I should. You should, because this week was a, a Zap Brannigan episode. <gasps> Mike. Or more Zap Brannigan focused. There's only one surefire way to a woman's hearts and a parts beyond. I speak, of course, of karaoke. <laughs> Zap Brannigan had to go into sensitivity training. Oh, no. <laughs> That's all I'm going to put out there. You go watch it. It, it was it, it was an interesting one. And this, this season so far has been, it's been good. I feel like some episodes are stronger than others, especially because they opened with like a hell of a heater for the first episode. But it's, it's still just as good at biting the hand that feeds it and poking fun at our modern world. And oh. yeah. I wonder if they did it as well as uh, as uh, Beavis and Butthead did. Ooh, that's a good question. Because Beavis and Butthead, when they went, when they came back, especially for the movie, and they were able to make fun of white privilege in a way that was hysterical. I mean that that's tricky. Yeah. That I mean that's a that's a tricky way to go. So. No, it definitely is. So, yeah. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com. All right, so Futurama is a good one out there. There was some other stuff that we had talked about, but. Kind of forgot. L.A. Confidential 2 almost happened if people at Netflix would have stayed asleep, stayed awake. How? Okay. So, Brian Helgeland, who was the co-writer on the adaptation for L.A. Confidential uh, back in, like, late 90s. Movie came out in 97. You know how big of a deal that movie was. So, what if I told you that there was a pitch where Russell Crowe was coming back? Guy Pierce was coming back? Chadwick Boseman was going to become part of the cast. Wow. Okay. 1970s Detective Noir with those three men involved. And apparently they shopped it around Hollywood and everyone was saying no. Like even Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers, who made LA Confidential, gave him the answer, we don't make movies like that. And then apparently the Netflix executive fell asleep during their, their pitch. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and yeah, LA like Confidential sub- is one of the best noir movies ever. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Full, full, full cosine. I can't believe it. it's such an <laughs> thing to do to fall asleep during someone's deal. Yeah, just uh, you, you can't 
stay awake? Like, I, how, how do you fall asleep during a pitch meeting? Like, <laughs> especially if they're the only person that's in there. Like, I'm sure there were other people, but it's like, how just... <sighs> Explain this to me. How did this happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Wow. That's a really interesting... And granted, it's been... 10 or more years since I saw LA Confidential. Yeah. But man, that could be really, really fun. I'd go back and I'd watch. It'd be disappointing, I imagine. No, no, it is not. The only thing that's disappointing is the fact that Kevin Spacey is a monster. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it, it just overall, you know, it wouldn't live up to it, you know? No, the movie, the movie still stands up. It, I can definitely vouch for that. No, that I mean, movie. a sequel, a sequel. Oh, oh yeah, that. Uh, well, the good thing about it was you had James Elroy, the original, uh, the author of the original book, involved in the pitch. Yeah. So I would have been. That would have definitely kept me invested in going to watch that. Okay. But yeah, it, okay. it 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 would have been a tall, tall order, especially because Curtis Hansen passed, and you know, so you you have to wonder who you'd get to direct it, yep. and it, it, there's just a lot of. It really felt like lightning in a bottle. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now as we get towards the end of this this week. Uh, I did think of the other thing that we could uh, real quick mention. Ooh. Because uh, we act- we talked about it the other day, but Vacation Friends 2. Ah, so you've seen Vacation Friends 2. Uh, my wife How and was I, it? My wife and I watched it this weekend, and eh. It was a very, how did I say it to you? It was, it was a weird movie. Yeah. And not the fun type of weird too. Cause as you can hear in his tone of voice, he wasn't like, this was a weird movie. It's like, this is a weird movie. I, I, I don't think they knew the, the, the first one was very much about the odd couple aspect. Yeah. It was very much that that was the point of the story. You have two couples that are clearly nothing alike. They don't have anything in common other than they are on vacation together right now. Yeah. And they form a beautiful friendship. The second one, like it, like they're friends. Now there's a dad involved, which Steve Buscemi was kind of wasted in this whole deal. Uh, they kind of wasted. I was the, afraid of that. Too. They, they wasted a big part of a relationship part, uh, uh, part of the story between John Cena and Steve Buscemi. It just, it, I don't think they knew exactly what the point of the movie was is what I felt like. It felt like when you sit down and you narrow things down to like three good ideas and then you pick the one that you want to go with. It's like, they're like, let's just do all three. Okay. But, but we're making one movie here. All right. This. It just, I, I, again, it, it didn't have as much heart as the first one. I'll say that too. Yeah. Uh, However, I say uh, that, but there were some good laughs in it. John Cena, very, very funny at times. Oh yeah. No, that's, that's never a question. So I, I don't know. I just, it, it was, it was worth watching. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was great by any stretch of the imagination. So it was weird. It was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. All right. With that, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com joins me every week on the show to talk about movies. Let's end on a downer. Yeah. Vacation Friends 2, uh, the film to lift your jangled nerves and soothe your troubled spirits and whatever. You're going to watch it. We could be <laughs> we could be Vacation Friends and go meet up in Toledo. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, but then we'd only have to do it once because then the next time just wouldn't be as fun. Well, then we pick a different place to go. Okay, I guess we could we could play that. Yeah, I had a thing as a kid that I wanted to eat a slice of pizza in every U.S. state. Ooh, oh, so you wanted to? You basically wanted to start bar stool. 
Is that what that was? Well, no. That uh, the guy from Barstool Sports does that, where he's like rating pizzas all over, and it's like, oh, so you basically just wanted to start that. No, I just wanted to have a piece. Uh, this was an idea of a ten-year-old, and we were on vacation in Colorado, I believe, and they had really yeah. good pizza. And I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to have a piece of pizza in every state. That would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So there you go. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com joins me every week on the show to talk about movies. Mike, you have a good weekend. You as well. Toledo!